Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do is answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Hey, warmer from the above. Welcome to Love Me Las Vegas for Cus Cus Heaps with myself, Greg Heaps Peterson, now part of the Beast and Family of Podcast. We've got a tremendous podcast for you as joining me in segment number two. We are going to be joined by Tristan Freeman. He does tremendous work over at Boston Brackets, where we've seen take over college basketball, Twitter slash X has been a lot of these not so secret, secret scrimmage results. We're going to be talking with him about those, what we should slash should not take away from those. How much weight do they actually carry as well? Are there certain things that can be taken a look at from a player's standpoint as well with them? And then on top of that, I know that he did a nice preview with regards to the Atlantic 10. We're going to be taking a look at some of those teams. And we have noticed over the last, I would say, about week, week and a half, we've been seeing a lot of injury news coming out on some of these big men. Tolu Smith dealing with quite a bit of an ailment for Mississippi State. Donovan Klingon for UConn. So, we're going to be addressing the hopes of both of those teams as well. So we're going to be doing that in segment number two here in segment number one. Going to be rounding up what we all saw in the last 48 hours of college basketball news and notes. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer this in. First one is my Twitter slash X timeline at GNN underscore 81. Keep in mind, there's the Maybe it does not matter, as per usual. Please just send these into the timeline. Otherwise, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. And with regards to these not-so-secret secret scrimmages, I know that there are a lot of people that are buzzing about what we saw in terms of Georgetown being relatively competitive in their not-so-secret secret scrimmage. I think that that was against Wake Forest. It's not like Boise State take down California by 15 points as well. North Texas beating Oral Roberts by 6 points. Things like this. And the guy that really has been able to do a good job of being able to maintain these is the old Trilly Donovan burner ball account. So if you guys are really looking for a lot of these results, you should be probably heading over there because I'm not going to be tweeting these out too much. Though I do take a little bit of something from that Georgetown versus Wake Forest. Not so secret, secret scrimmage with Jaden Epps scoring 46 points. I don't think that we should be expecting him to be scoring 46 points night in and night out, but certainly is something of a little bit of intrigue. But I do think that people get a little bit too caught up in some of these as well. Now, if you have something like we saw a few seasons ago where Pepperdine lost to like Point Loma by 20 points or something like that in a scrimmage, that was sort of where you're like, yeah, it's probably not going to be a great year for them. But I do think that 
with regards to a lot of these not-so-secret secret scrimmages, you do want to be having that full box score, taking a look at who did slash did not get missed, were there any injuries that were involved as well, because certain coaches have certain motivations during these, so you do want to be mindful of that. And then another big piece of news that came out on college basketball on Sunday is the fact that Ken Pomeroy released his initial rankings and for myself, I really have not taken a look at them. And the reason why is not because Ken Pomeroy does a bad job. I mean, Ken Pomeroy is really a man that has revolutionized college basketball with everything that he has done. He does absolutely amazing work. There is no question about that. The reason why I really don't is that I don't want my numbers to get skewed by someone like Ken Pomeroy, another man that does great work, Bart Horvick. We had on this show the last few days a couple other great statisticians, Evan Miyakawa, along with Eric Haslam of Haslam Metrics. What I want to do with regards to some of these places like Kempom, what have you, once the season starts is try to take a look at some of the things that they look at in terms of efficiency, but I don't want to be looking at the, like the specific ranking. Like, if you look at Kempom right now, Purdue is his number one team in all of college basketball. Right now, for my money, Duke, who he has number nine, that, in my opinion, should be the preseason number one. A little bit of a difference of opinion there, but you do want to be trying to gauge, all right, does someone like Ken Pomeroy, does someone like Eric Haslam have higher slash lower metrics in terms of like one or two specific categories that I can find a little bit of an edge on because I do think that when it comes to these data scientists, they do a great job if you take a look at these all individual angles and everything like that. You'll notice that with the betting lines that you're going to see at the beginning part of the season, the reason why you don't want to be copying Kempom for your own rankings is because they do too. The books oftentimes just directly copy how Ken Pomeroy projects the game. So if you have like Houston versus Baylor, that's obviously now a conference matchup, but I mean, those are two top 10 teams. If you got Baylor at home being a two point favorite on the Ken Pomeroy line, he thinks that it's going to be a 70 to 68 game. You'll oftentimes be seeing Baylor as like an opening two to two and a half point favorite total. 139 or something like that, and you're never, ever going to find an edge if you just directly copy Kemp Pomeroy because that's exactly what the books use. You'll be like, oh, looks about right. The only way you'll be able to find an edge is if the betting market is just completely fading something like that. There's like injury news that comes out, so I do think that that is very important to do. Always be sort of looking at things with your own rankings, and I mean, you don't need to be like having your own like 55-step model or anything like that. Because personally, I individually handicap every single game as its own living, breathing entity. That is a lot of time. I certainly understand if you do not have that sort of time. And I'd be surprised if you have that sort of time. So I commend anyone that is trying to keep up with the hustle there. But I do think that it is very important to take bits and pieces. Don't directly copy the whole thing. Don't directly use one source of information. Like, I mean, the guys that joined me the last few days. Evan Miyakawa, he does amazing work. Eric Haslam does amazing work as well. Don't directly copy every single one of their rankings as well and try to pass it off as your own because you do want to be trying to gauge as many sources of information because there are a lot of good data scientists. I've been lucky enough to be joined by a few over the last few weeks or so. So that's my word to the wise there. And a man that is very wise with regards to taking a look at college basketball is Tristan Freeman. We're going to be taking a look at how to gauge these not-so-secret secret scrimmages. The big men that are dealing with injuries with UConn, Mississippi State, gauging the Atlantic 10, and so much more next right here on Cusco Soups with myself, Greg Eubes Peterson. Now, a part of the Family Podcast. 
Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team that could, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of the never, Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Dirk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Dirk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You've seen the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. 
Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my day. That's my <laughs> Sports betting innovative analytics has taken the guesswork and emotion out of sports betting to bring you an innovative and trustworthy resource to enhance your journey to becoming a winning player. With industry-leading money-back guarantee options backed by their sophisticated modeling, they want to introduce you to a system that's not widely seen or available to help you beat the bookmaker. Specializing in NBA, college basketball, and WNBA, your first week is always free. Get started at SBIA1.com today. Las Vegas, but that's a guest with myself, Greg Eames Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And it's always great to be joined by this man, Tristan Freeman. He does absolutely excellent work over at Bustin' Brackets. That is fan site, its main hub for college basketball. He's been doing a tremendous job all offseason long getting set for this great game of college basketball, which now we're three weeks away, so we're getting closer and closer. He's based out there in the great state of Pennsylvania doing Great work covering the local teams like Robert Morris, Pittsburgh, which, by the way, just picked up college basketball jerseys of both of those for the collection. So we're giving a little bit of an ode to the Pittsburgh area there. But with Tristan, he's been doing an incredible job taking a look at so many different angles, so many different lists. And you're able to follow him on Twitter slash X over at Hoops on 351 altogether. And Tristan, it's great to get you aboard. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Greg. Appreciate it. Always appreciate you, Tristan. And Tristan, right now, what is the buzz of college basketball, social media, what have you, when it comes to college basketball, is these not-so-secret secret scrimmages, which I always do now chuckle at the phrasing of secret scrimmages because all the finals, all the results, they do somehow, some way become public. But what do you make out of these? And do you ever find yourself becoming a little bit more sock-up, sock-down, on a team slash player based on some of these not-so-secret secret scrimmages? It sort of depends on your results. I think as someone who covers college basketball throughout the offseason, some narratives you start to emerge for yourself. So whenever you hear things that sort of conflate with them or work out, then you tend to take more stock in it with others, including breakout candidates. But anytime you can hear any kind of info with players going up against other teams – you can at least take a little bit into it, but with the season a couple of weeks away, we're not too far with getting the actual results coming. Yep, absolutely. And I do think that sometimes with regards to these not-so-secret secret scrimmages, you see a lot of people freaking out like we saw a big result for Georgetown. I feel like a lot of people were starting to bang the drum for them and everything like that. And I do think that there gets to be a little bit too much praise and a lot too much blame with regards to some of these scrimmages as well. And we're going to be seeing some of them that are much more public scrimmages as well in the next few days with regards to some of these like charity events, what have you. And I always think that those are nice as well. But how much do you want to be taking a look at perhaps some of these rotations rather than some of the actual results? Because I think that much like with these foreign tours, that is something to be taking a look at a little bit more who is slash is not getting minutes. Yeah, I mean, as someone who attended Pitt's practice slash scrimmage, I was just interested to see who was going to be the starting point guard for them because without Dior Johnson, it's going to be either Carlton Carrington or Jalen Lowe. And Carrington was the guy who sort of got the, who was part of the first team along with Blake Kinson and the transfer. So that's one piece of information you figure out. And we'll see 
with the scrimmages, so hopefully some lineups get leaked out or some key players. But yeah, you kind of just want to figure out who are the key guys to watch out for, including some of the freshman newcomers. Because there's always guys that sort of come out of nowhere and sort of shock us with how much they're actually going to play. Yep, no doubt about it. As joining me on the show, Tristan Freeman, who does amazing work over at Bus and Brackets, he's on the line with me right here on Kiss Kiss And something else to take note of as well is who is slash is not getting minutes as well because of some of these injuries that we are seeing. There are some that are more prevalent, like the Donovan Klingon injury, the Tolu Smith injury, and we'll certainly be getting into those in a minute. But how big is this time of year just rounding up who's dealing with injuries and who's not dealing with injuries? Because even if someone is perhaps going on night number one, if someone is seeing minutes out there on the floor, I always do want to be gauging how close slash far away some of these guys are to 100% because that could play a big role. And sometimes a guy coming back a little bit early is actually worse than them not being out there on the court as a whole. Yeah, I mean, you have guys that has either been recovering from injuries from last year and some of them have either already been cleared, some haven't. I mean, one key injury to watch is Gonzaga's Graham Ike, who didn't participate in his team's festivities last week. Who knows if he'll be 100% by the time the season starts. But yeah, besides the key injuries that everyone knows, there's a lot of minor ones where guys aren't going to be 100%. Even in the first week, there are some key games for some of these teams that have tournament aspirations. You want to get as close to 100% as possible, but it's also a chance for some guys to sort of carve roles into rotations that they may not have been able to get otherwise. Yeah, I think that that is very important to note as well because sometimes these understudies, they get their opportunity and they're able to shine as well. And when it comes to more of these notable injuries, the ones that we are very much aware of, the Tolu Smith injury is one that I think is very significant because it sounds like he might not be good to go until SEC play. Meanwhile, with regards to Donovan Klingon's injury, his timeline puts him in line to where he should be able to get out of there on the court night number one if he really wants to. But I want you to take a look at that Donovan Klingon injury because, as we know, it's a lower body injury and typically lower body injuries and big men don't necessarily jive the world's best. And perhaps it might be best if UConn, with the way that their schedule is set up, maybe sits them out slash plays them very, very sparingly the first few games because they're probably not going to need them against the likes of Northern Arizona, Stonehill, what have you. But they're certainly going to need them when they play Kansas December 1st. They have the freshman big, Yusuf Sangare, who they can get minutes to. And worst case scenario against the lower level teams, you can play Alex Caravan at the five because they do have a ton of guards and wings. It doesn't hurt them, but you just want to get Klingon back on the floor as much as possible because he was everyone's breakout candidate. And for them to be a top 10 team, which many have them preseason projections, he doesn't just have to be good. He has to be great. That's where everyone has him as a, like a top 10 caliber player in the country. This time it is going to affect them. And maybe with the injury, we might have to take our own expectations off him just a little because it could take him a while before he gets going. Yep, no question about it. As Tristan Freeman, who does tremendous work over at Puss and Brackets, is joining me right here on Coast Coast Hoops. And on top of that, with regards to Donovan Klingon injury, how big of an issue is the injury because of the fact that he just didn't see a lot of minutes to start with last year? Because he was averaging right around 13 to 14 minutes per game. And I don't think that UConn is going to be asking him to play 35 plus minutes. You typically don't do that with a lot of big men to start with, just because of the nature of the weight on their legs, what have you. But I do think that it is very important to just be treating this issue injury the right way because 
if they ramp him up a little bit too fast, I think that that could have some very bad effects, not just with regards to him being in slash out of the full, but in terms of just his stamina, the way that he's able to be effective in those minutes as well. Yeah, and ultimately, Big's injuries are different. Some guys like P.J. Hall, who had an offseason knee surgery, but he was able to come back and only missed, what, one game? And then there are others. Pittsburgh's John Hughley was an example where he had an offseason injury. But it took him not only a while to even recover and get back on the floor, but he was never the same and had to shut it down. So hopefully Klingon is of the P.J. Hall variety. He's not like a big center. He's more lean and should be in shape. So hopefully that works out for UConn. But, you know, between him and Tolo Smith, some of these injuries could take longer than originally expected and add E.K. of Gonzaga to that as well. It's going to have an impact because a lot of these teams still are going to rely on their big men to run through the offenses, and without them, they could be in trouble. No question about it, as I do think that with big man injury, they are certainly something that you want to be very careful with. Everyone is its own living, breathing entity, because I did mention the Tolu Smith one for Mississippi State as well, and I think that this one is very seismic, just because Mississippi State was a bunch that I was very bullish on prior to this injury because I did feel like they did the right things in the offseason to add some shooting after they were 363rd out of 363 D1 teams in terms of three-point shooting percentage. You're bringing Andrew Taylor. That was a move that I very much liked. And Tolu Smith was really the lone guy that was able to average double figures for them. How do you view this Mississippi State team as a whole with them most likely not having Tolu Smith until conference play? Because I do think that this one is very big in an SEC in which I don't know if there's necessarily a Final Four team, and it feels like there's going to be a big giant log jam from like teams three through six, three through seven that I thought Mississippi State was going to be a part of. Tolo Smith was the reason they made the tournament because they were legitimately the worst shooting team in the country. Without him, they weren't going to be good. So, you know, you hope that Marshall transfer Andrew Taylor can give them a shooting presence. Josh Hubbard was impressive for them in the preseason, so they should have the guard depth. But once Will McNair transferred out, their front court could be a little shaky. They did bring in a couple of pieces, but I'm not so sure that's going to work out if you don't have an offensive-minded big man to throw the ball to. And again, if they can't shoot, offense is going to become hard to come by. They were able to slide in thanks to an impressive late run with, with led by Tolo Smith. But even once he gets back, it's going to take him time to get going. And they could potentially play themselves off the bubble if they're not careful. Yeah, with Mississippi State, this is a very big injury for them. And I think that it is one of the most massive things to take a look at in terms of the SEC and perhaps a team that was going to be able to sneak their way into the top 25. Because if he's able to return a little bit early and if he's able to be 100% once he gets back, there's going to be good things, in my opinion, on the rise for Mississippi State. If he's not able to, that is going to be a massive loss. And Tristan... I know that a conference that you did a nice little write-up on, slash you did some projections for over the last week or so, is the Atlantic 10. And as we know, with the Atlantic 10, it is a conference that's fallen on tough times. We're just going to call it what it is. I feel like this is going to be a one-bid league once again this year after they had so much success in the mid-2010s. But what was really your takeaways when you were researching the Atlantic 10 and doing your projector or finish for it? Because I do feel like with regards to the Atlantic 10, there is a lot of moving parts with a lot of these top teams. And with regards to the bottom, I really do think that it is going to be rough for a lot of these teams that just have so much roster turnover in terms of guys that they've lost in the transfer portal. 
two teams had big roster overhauls in George Mason and VCU, but both of those teams rebounded fairly well. So I think they should be in the top half. The bottom could be rough again. You have teams like Davidson and Richmond lost more talent than they brought in. LaSalle didn't bring in anyone. And Rhode Island had a complete roster overhaul, but they had to because they were the worst team in the league. We'll see what happens with them. And then UMass has a completely young roster outside of Josh Cohen and Matt Cross. But I think the top could be very good. Dayton brings back one of the best players in the country in Deron Holmes. Duquesne, Fordham, and St. Joe's are teams that bring back a lot of talent and could be contenders. VCU with the Utah State guys could be very interesting. So I think This is a conference that has a clear top and bottom, but I think the top could be good enough to fight for a couple of bids if things go right in the non-con. And I think the biggest key with the Atlantic 10 getting multiple bids into the NCAA tournament is how good Dayton could be because they're the one school that I do feel like they've got quite a few guys that they're able to look to, and I just felt like they were the victims of the injury bug last year. It felt like half their roster was out of the fold, and even though they did see someone like a Mongolian Mike leave the program from last season. They do bring back Deron Holmes, who I truly do think is the best player in the conference. And do you think sort of the same way that it could be very much reliant upon Dayton having a big non-conference portion of the season? That could be the question mark as to whether or not this is going to be a multi-bid league. Yeah, I mean, Dayton's a preseason team to beat, and they have the guy in Holmes that is good enough to beat just about everyone on their schedule. So, for them to be a one-bit league, they're going to have to be the team that handles their business in non-con because teams like Duquesne and St. Joe's are just unproven. If Dayton struggles, then it could be rough going for the 8-10, but Duquesne has a much improved schedule. VCU always tends to play tough games in a non-con. There is hope, but again, it's going to come down to Dayton. And for Dayton, it's going to ultimately come down to how healthy the guards are because all just about all of them was hurt last year. They're all back, led by Malachi Smith, and they had a couple of solid transfers led by Enoch Cheeks from RMU. So if they can hold up, they should be the team to beat, and they should be able to fight for an at-large bid. And as long as they do that, then the A-10 tournament won't come down to only one team getting the bid. Yeah, but I think that that is going to be such a big key for them as well. And I believe that there's a team that you're pretty bullish on, much like myself, as Tristan Freeman, who does great work over at Boston Brackets, is joining me right here on Coast to Coast Hoops. And that'd be St. Bonaventure, a school that last offseason, they had lost 99.9% of their scoring from last year. I mean, with St. Bonaventure, this is always a team that they rely quite a bit on tough defense. They rely a lot on chemistry. They had really none of that last year, but they bring back a lot of that backcourt from a season ago. They added a few nice pieces in the transfer portal, and I do think that this is a real wild card when it comes to the Atlantic 10, a team that can make some noise. I'm not sure what your overall thoughts are on them, but just having read your article, and I'm not going to review where specifically you put them because we do want people to check it out over at BustinBrackets.com, but feels like you're sort of in the same mindset as myself that this team could be in for a pretty solid year. Yeah, I mean, they bring back all five starters, and that includes the, some of the, the young guys like Cairo Luke, who had an impressive freshman campaign. The two key guys, Mike Adams-Woods, the starting point guard, shooting guard at Cincinnati, and then Charles Pride, who put up some big numbers at Bryant. It gives them a really good rotation. I think the question for them is, are they going to be good enough shooters and can they defend well enough? Because at times they, they were a pretty poor defensive team in the league. Depending on how far they can raise their ceiling, 
they absolutely can contend for a title. They're good enough to beat Dayton or VCU, but they also could be vulnerable to losing to a LaSalle, a George Mason, or whoever towards the bottom of the league. Yeah, I think that this is going to be such an interesting conference this year. We shall see if they're able to scratch across multiple bids. And with Duquesne out there in your neck of the woods, I know that you're going to be doing a great job taking a look at them. Going to do a great job taking a look at Pittsburgh out there in the ACC. And Tristan, you much like myself, I know that you are just so hyped up for the beginning of college basketball. You're doing a great job with all of your previews, all of your work over at Boston Brackets. So let the good people at home know they're able to follow you on social media and other platforms. And just what's all on tap for you? Yes, sir. You can find me at Hoopsnut351 on, on Twitter slash X. You can also follow at Boston Brackets. And we have plenty of more team previews coming out. And look forward to this week when I have my top 20, 25 front court and backcourt pairings for the season. That is going to be excellent, Tristan Freeman. He does absolutely amazing work. Taking a look at the game of college basketball is joining me all offseason long. He is a true grinder in this industry. All 12 months out of the year, he is getting prepared for college basketball, and he always lends tremendous insights on this podcast. A big thanks to Tristan for joining me on Coast Coast Soups, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. If you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Coast Coast Soups, you're able to subscribe wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And if you have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you have one of two ways we all fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at JNRSCORTY1 slash X timeline. Keep in mind, letters EM. Maybe it does not matter. As per usual, please just send these into the timeline. Other way buying it is other ways find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. Airable Fire and whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Here in the final three weeks before the start of the college basketball season, just taking a look at any angles, and please do send in those questions that you've got for the start of the college basketball season. I will do my best to answer as many of those, get you guys all set for success, and then once we get in season, picks and analysis on every single game, every single day. I appreciate you guys tuning in today. I'll be back with you guys once again tomorrow, and we're getting closer and closer, you guys. So thank you so much for being with me. And the wait, it is soon to be over. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 